For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk, a movie podcast where we give pumps and dumps. Welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I am your hunk. I'm Doge, and let the past die. Chunk it if you have to. Yes, very good. Very good. And I'm Carter. Amazing. Every word of what you just said was wrong. (laughs) Nope. And I'm Carter. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Carter, that's amazing. Every word of what you just said was wrong. And I'm Carter. Amazing. Every word of what you just chunked was wrong. Very good. Hey. Yeah. Why? Okay. So tonight, I will be returning to Tyler Station, where we are right to now. To this recording room. To this room. <laughs> doing his first episode of his solo podcast. It's called Just Jordan, and it's coming out right now. <laughs> where all podcasts are found. I will be returning to Tyler Station this evening to attend a Christmas party. That's Ooh. fun. And it will be a big time blast. That's all. That's quite literally yeah, the only reason I'm the hunk. It's pretty hunky. Parties are hunky. And it's just about it's all a of 50s them. party. So ah, okay. I'm going to uh, run my head through some bacon lard. I'm going to say, you're going to grease it. Yeah, I'm going to grease it. You're going to do grease some of those, it. those cool guy snaps. Yeah, I'm going to snap. Um, yeah. I'm going to wear a wallet chain, ski goggles, a snorkel. Dang. Yeah. Um, I think you're kind of coming off of the theme there. Towards the end. You know, you're probably right. It's 50,000 leagues under the sea. Yeah, it's 50. It's <laughs> oh, a 50. Yeah, it's, but it's 50,000 yeah. leagues gotcha, under the gotcha. sea. The wow. wallet chain is um, just sort of my own It's just thing. everyone's supposed to act as if they're in their 50s. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> a lot of cool. middle class fancy. I'm just like, could you use a coaster? That's really cool. And you got to say cool stuff like, like, are you trying to cool the whole neighborhood? Yeah. When somebody, when the party's cold? I'm going to walk in and people are going to be like, hey man, nice to meet you. How are you doing? And I'm going to be like, uh, just finished mowing. Traffic was crazy you guys don't yeah, even understand yeah. how long yeah. i told everybody before we got in the car i was like i was like if you gotta go to the bathroom go now because i'm not stopping yeah your small talk that usually falls back to the weather yeah. is now like who died recently yeah yeah it's like yeah, did, yeah. did you hear about doris doris doesn't doris feels too old doris is older than 50 yeah doris, doris is 55. the mother of one of our friends this went down a weird road <laughs> yeah 
Cool. Uh, well, this is, you're practicing for what not to do at this party tonight. Yes. So basically anything you just did, that will cause people to not enjoy hanging out with you tonight. I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's gonna like me. Hey, but speaking of going down a weird path, we're talking about a movie today. We are. We are talking about a movie. We thought we'd change things up, talk about a movie. This movie... <laughs> Continuing in our Star Wars saga is, of course, Star Star Wars The The Last Jedi. This has been a long time coming, specifically about nine weeks. Feels more than that. Longer than that. There's something about maybe even the day that I was sitting there and we were reviewing. What's the very first movie I reviewed with y'all? It was a summer Crazy of love. love, right? Crazy Stupid Crazy Love. Crazy Stupid Love. A part of me was like starting to already plan ahead. Yeah. And be like, hey. It's going to be Star Wars someday. It's going to be Star Wars someday. And then thinking, whoa, Last Jedi is going to be a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So this feels one of the most anticipated episodes for me personally to have a conversation. Hey, me too. I'm feeling A, the pressure, B, very ready. Yeah. It's fun too, because from hearing from listeners, uh, people are also anticipating this episode very much, I think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think there hasn't been, like, I can't remember a blockbuster that has been, like, a huge franchise installment that has been even close to as polarizing as The Last Jedi. It's very divisive. Yeah. I think even amongst this small group, it was pretty divisive. Which which maybe now might be a good time to go ahead and say, like, as you're listening to this, we probably... We probably are not going to neatly fall into the party lines of the debate that has surrounded The Last Jedi. Right? Likely like, not. Like, yeah. I, I highly doubt that there's going to be any viewpoints here that completely align with the, the Last Jedi as a cinematic disaster or The Last Jedi is the best movie I've ever seen camps. Sure. Certainly. Uh, yeah. And if you fall into one of those camps or somewhere in the middle like us. That's cool. That's cool. Love what you love. This movie is polarizing and people have taken that polarization and turned it into personal polarization. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I think something that I really like about having these discussions with you guys is I know the three of us can be passionate about something and walk into it. But we, our goal is not to convince someone otherwise. No. Right. N- not any of us and not anybody this listening is necessarily. Not, I'm not coming in to try and win anybody. Right. I'm just saying like, here is where I stand. And another thing that I like too about, especially talking to the two of you is sometimes on this podcast within this hour, my mind changes a little bit yeah. Yeah, because of too. what you bring. Sure. Me too. Uh, a lot of people have asked recently, what is the process for when two chunks gets ready to film an episode? We or don't record, we an record episode. them. They're yeah. like, what are the notes that you take? What's all the stuff that you do ahead of time? So <laughs> like, outside of some stuff that we might want to make sure that we say that we jot down during a movie, it's just a conversation. It is completely yeah. organic. And that's kind of how this idea started in the first place with us. And then yeah. f- former host David, I mean, the four of us even would get around and just have these conversations yep. and they always feel good. They feel good. Walking away from it, whether everyone agreed on something or not, it's, it's really, it's like a creative outlet. It's like an art yeah. form to just converse about it. So, Hey, and before we jump into the conversation, what I need so desperately, so badly, so vividly oh, even. good. I was, I didn't know if I was going to get to do it on this one. And this is really, this is kind of the one part I like. I, oh, wait, what were you thinking? I was thinking this synopsis is not, uh, not that. No, oh, okay, let's do it. Only for you. This week's synopsis is written by Johnny. I think we've read one of Johnny's Star Wars ones before. It feels like maybe. For this it's one. just Johnny, right? it's just Johnny. I remember saying oh, something about right. that. Only like, Johnny. Did, I was just playing The most along. common name in the world in America. I was about to say, it's not. It's, it's definitely, definitely not. not. It's like Madonna. It's just a one-name boy. Yeah. It's Prince. 
Continuing where Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens, 2015, left off. It's called a sequel, yeah. Star Wars Episode 8, The Last Jedi, 2017, sees the oh Resistance gosh. striving to stay ahead of the First Order. Rey seeks guidance from Jedi-in-hiding Luke Skywalker so she can learn the ways of the Force. And defected Storm Trooper, FN2187, Finn, will have his faith in the Resistance tested as his past with the First Order comes to haunt not only him but also threatens the very foundations of the galaxy's future. Johnny's parentheticals drive me crazy. And see, you're getting prepped for that 50s party because there's a song called Johnny's Parentheticals that's a really famous sock hop oh, yeah. song. You guys what, are gonna, how's that one go? You're gonna, it's just kind of where you bebop to the top of Johnny's Parentheticals, and you, you'll do that kind of back and forth with your partner tonight. That's I feel fun. like there's like yeah. a hand dance to that one. Yeah. So what I'd like to do before we jump into the movie itself is I'd like to talk about do you guys remember when you first saw this? <laughs> yeah, I do. Me too. I want to, I have moved slightly. I've shifted a little bit in my um, thoughts about the movie. Uh-huh. This was only my second time seeing this. I hadn't this had the courage also, to try it again. Hey, I own this movie and I took the plastic off of it to watch it for this podcast. Yeah. Like I wow. bought it when it came out and I just have been too nervous yeah. to watch it since then. I saw yeah. it on release day and then was too scared to do it again until now. Yep. So what I'd like to do then is let's say where we started our journey with the last Jedi for me, I left the theater and I had to get rid of the star Wars fog first (laughs) because at first I was like more star Wars. Yeah. After about a snack and a sleep later, and I was able to think on it a little bit. I really did not like this movie. I didn't hate it, but I really did not like it. And I, I was very disappointed with so many choices made in this movie. And I just sort of stewed in that for about two years. Yeah, my initial impressions were very similar. It took me about about 12 hours to move past. Yeah, but the X-Wings looked so cool fighting and sure. flying right. and stuff. And there was lightsabers. And like once I actually started to think about it, I was like, yes, there was more Star Wars. But if more Star Wars is not great Star Wars, do I want more Star Wars? And that is why, spoilers, I guess, for next week's episode... I did not see Solo. I still haven't seen Solo. I also have not. This movie really, really pushed me to a place of apathy towards Star Wars as a brand uh, that was only remedied recently when we started watching Star Wars again and with things like the Clone Wars and the Mandalorian and stuff like that. I'm fully back in, but, but this movie, my initial response was one of just like, oh, well, I guess I don't care now. Yeah. I really liked it. When I first saw it and even after snack and sleep really liked it. It was, I will say though, it, anyone who has seen all of the star Wars movies, I don't think they can say this one doesn't feel different Sure, like, in the way it's made in general. It, it is different. There is Flows not another installment like this. Um, and it is very polarizing and we'll talk about it more later. Uh, whether good or bad might have, might be good for the series. I don't know. But that could just be optimism there. But sure. I, I liked it. I really did. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool. So we'll find out kind of where we where we go from there uh, by starting where it starts. Hey, we will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this movie opens with sort of an assault on an Imperial Dreadnought with mm-hmm. uh, Oscar Isaac's Poe Dameron leading the charge. Hey, still love him all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. Poe is so good. This is great Poe, yeah. And we start with, I remember last week or two weeks ago, we talked about, are there any space battles in the Disney trilogy? Right this here. This one. Boom. Yeah. Kicking it off. The only one. And yeah. it's, it's awesome. This one's good. This yeah. one's actually really good. I really like the this. first like eight minutes of this movie are pretty much perfect to me. I love them. Uh, there is. So these, these bomber ships. Yeah. I don't love these, 
they don't feel like the other bombers that we've seen. Things like Y-wing bombers have the proton, the energy yeah, bombs. Right. These are real physical bombs that have to fall. Like there's a certain suspension of disbelief with Star Wars in space, right? Like sure. ships don't fly like that in space. They don't. Mm-hmm. You can't drift an X-wing in space like Poe does in this, which is so sweet. It's really cool. Way. I mean, yeah. it's very cool. But like Star Wars space works different, right? But there's also the the bombs that drop like they're in gravity out of the bottom of the ship, which is just an open hole. Yeah, that she's looking out into space. I don't. There's little stuff like that where it's like, oh man, that was that's almost there. Like yeah, if that sure. was if I, that was more Star Wars and less World War II bomber. Like I'm a hundred percent in on that. Yeah, just little choices like that where it's like, oh, that's not you. quite I Star think, Wars. I think that is a little like perfect little bite of what this movie is collectively to the Star Wars series. I think when you talk about that shit, it's like someone had an idea that this was going to be, this was going to look really cool. It's going to be something we haven't seen before. But when you look at the whole universe, doesn't make a ton of sense. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's great. So it's perfect that this is something that happens at the beginning. And I'm so glad we talked about it, which seems unavoidable because they're kind of a unique ship and it's a big plot line. These bombers, bombers are to the last Jedi. What last Jedi is (laughs) to the entire star Wars. Very good. It's like a microcosm of that. I love that. And after this battle, Finn uh, returns to the ship and is reprimanded by an po. angry Leia. Yep. Poe yeah. returns to the ship <laughs> and is uh, reprimanded by a uh, frustrated Leia. Yeah. Uh, in what I would call a pretty good showing of Leia's like leadership. We finally get some of yeah. the strong Leia from episode four again here. And I like that. Yeah. I like Leia having some control and some uh, say in what's going on and her saying like, you know, better than to do this. Um, and sort of setting it up in that way, I think. Yeah. Really cool. So I'm, this is an interesting route for this movie to go because we're like, we're saying like, we need, we don't need heroes basically. That's like exactly what Luke does in all of the original trilogy is go rogue and save the day. We just watched a movie where they broke their chain of command because they're like, we know what to do better. And so they disobeyed orders and went and did what needed to be done and save the galaxy. The Death Star plans were transmitted because Rogue One Squadron did what needed to be done yeah. despite sure. of bad orders. Yeah. Sure. I, I don't interpret it as we don't need heroes so much as... I mean, she literally says that. I know, but I I think that she's not... I don't think that's the movie's thesis statement is what I'm saying. I don't think that Leia's saying we... Because it, it becomes clear that we do need heroes throughout I, the course of this movie, but we need... I think the message of this movie is everybody's capable of being a smaller scale hero and what we don't need is the head first sprinting down the hallway, screaming with the rifle in our hand hero so much as we need everybody to come and join up and make something happen here. That, that's how I interpret it. Okay. I also think this is the first time that we've had a thoughtful amount of time to see how Leia leads. Right. Exactly. For yeah. all, yes. It's like, but maybe she's just not like the rest of her family. Maybe like this, she just holds a pretty tight ship. She's seen her husband die and she thinks her brother is alive, but she has no idea where he is. It's like, I don't need any more people just dying because yeah. of carelessness. Cause we don't have much left. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe she's saying the time of heroes is gone. Like her brother is saying the time of Jedi is gone. Yeah. And which, if you have a problem with that, I mean, understandably you would have a problem with everything about this <laughs> right, movie, right, right? Right, right? But there's so, even in this movie, almost more of a passing of the torch, but like an involuntary passing of the torch here from the old guard to the new. Uh, because, uh, and I think Doge, it's what you're saying. Leia is saying we don't need heroes and Luke is saying we don't need the Jedi. But what I gather from the storytelling is no, we just, we just don't need 
reckless. We don't need the old school heroes. We need what heroes look like now. Yeah. And in my, we talk about our first viewing in my first viewing to me, it was blatantly. And I'm, and I say to me, right. Yeah. Cause this is just how I interpreted art. Sure. Like it felt like she just lost her husband and now here's someone else that she loves and she's does not want to see him anymore. Right. Like yeah. she doesn't hey, want yeah. someone else to start acting like Han. And then the people that actually have a stand a chance to, to single-handedly bring down, you know, the first order are being careless and could die. Yeah, right. Like why would yeah, you do yeah. that? But that's how, that's kind of similar to how I interpreted it too. I could see the frustration if your interpretation was different completely. Yeah. I, I think let's keep track of that because sure. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm not fully tracking with you guys. I kind of disagree about the thesis of this movie. Sure. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. So, um, after this, we jump to, what is it? Uh, Octu. Octu. Yep. That's right. Um, Luke and, uh, Ray. So there's a lot to unpack when it comes to the character of Luke. And yeah. I say we start here. Okay. Yeah. I have a real problem with how Luke's character is handled in this movie. Me too. Still, even yeah. after second viewing. Yeah. Um, I was too. hoping that was one of the things that would change and it did not for me. Um, I, I have a very real problem with it and it starts with the hurling of the lightsaber over the shoulder. I'm comfortable with Luke landing in a place of the Jedi need to be done. I don't want that lightsaber. The over the th- shoulder throw feels ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah, making out of place, meta, and weird. Yeah, a lot of the humor in this movie feels a little too meta to me. Yeah, this is this is the first moment I remember in theaters going like, "Oh, that is like, that's Guardians of the Galaxy. That's not quite Star Wars. That like, and it's even fine if he like. So the end result, right, is that he doesn't have the lightsaber. Right? What if he just turns and walks away? So I was thinking throwing it in the dirt at his feet, and it. Same yeah, thing, or just right? drop it. Like, yeah. like that still subverts our expectation. I mean, much has been made of expectations being subverted by this movie and that's what it set out to do and all that kind of like toxic discourse immediately after the release. But right. like if our goal is to subvert expectations, we talked two weeks ago uh, on our Force Awakens episode, I had spitballed a couple of different things that I would have loved to see Luke say like, hello, Ray, it's been a long time. I didn't think you could find me. Anything like that. Right. And that's super what I was expecting. If we want to subvert that expectation and Luke doesn't have a lightsaber, we don't have to make it into a joke to subvert that expectation. Yeah. And there, there's a lot about Luke to me that is made into a joke for seemingly no reason. Um, yeah. I would say the, the blue milk. Yeah. And, and this is nitpicking. I, I acknowledge green, that this is nitpicky. green milk, green milk. If you're being nitpicky, I acknowledge yeah. that this is nitpicky. I acknowledge mm. that what I just said a second ago is I would have been happier if he threw it forward than backward. You know what I mean? Like I get but there's something about the tone of it and, right. and there's something about the tone and the way, I don't know, the way that, the way that it's different than Star Wars that makes it feel like it is not Star Wars. Yeah. Does that make us, and, no, I, and I know that like that, the whole thing in this movie, like the, the line, let the past die, kill it if you have to, that is very meta. And it's in this movie for a reason because they knew this movie was different and they knew that it was not going to be sure. like other Star Wars. Yeah. And so like, there's an element of, of film, filmmakers saying you have to do that to enjoy this part. I don't think you could do that with Luke Skywalker. Sure. Well, and in the nature of our reviews sort of existing outside of a uh, Gregorian understanding of time, uh, later on in the movie when Luke is force projecting and gets shot by a bunch of uh, AT-AT walkers yeah. and uh, is fine, that's cool. I'm down with it. When he brushes his shoulder off 
like he's in a hip hop video from the mid two thousands. It was almost my super dump because, and probably irrationally so, but it makes me so angry. Yeah. There's no reason for that to be here. And I, again, it's so nitpicky and I can hear people who love this movie getting frustrated with how nitpicky that is. I'm frustrated with it too. I don't want to be that way. Well, I think you have your right to be that way. Sure. And this is coming from someone who's on the other side. Sure. I, I really like Luke's story, but I also can say like respectfully, those things are worth being nitpicky about because sure. they are strange. Like the yeah. over the shoulder. I, I remember feeling that way too. And the like shoulder, like the brush, Ugh. brushing, brushing off his shoulders. That also was strange, but I think something, and, and I say in saying that you have the right to be nitpicky, when we see something that we have glorified and that we respect so yeah. much, not meet our expectations, which happens a lot, uh, which is why I lean into, and it's, yeah, I, I will say it is not fair to the Star Wars saga to say, well, this is more like real life because right. it's Star Wars. Right. But this movie, I, I probably have a different rating for this movie as compared to the rest of Star Wars than just this movie. Sure. Which exactly. is hard to do. Yeah. yeah. Right. But- I think because we're seeing him not do what a lot of us had hoped he would. Honestly, yeah. my argument is I'm not surprised that Luke is this temper tantrum. Right. Give up on everything. That's because not the he part has I have a problem never, with. He has never yeah. been the best character in this franchise. Absolutely. Luke's story, yeah. where he ends up as a character, no problem yeah. from me. I'm but totally fine with there is this the lens, handling though. of the character. There's this lens. Yeah, yeah, there's this brand new thing. That's like if... Yeah, when Batman gets really old and can't really do his stuff anymore, you start to have this different lens that's probably a little more microscopic of like, yeah, but what is left? Right. Yeah. What of the old Luke is left? And I, it's fine if you see some old Luke gone, but new Luke that does stuff like this is kind of strange. Yeah. Right? And if, if Batman got old and couldn't do his job anymore, but was trying to convince somebody else who wanted to do the job that it was too dangerous and it's not worth the risk, I'm cool with that. Yeah. If he's doing it while he's also opening and co-owning a brand new Chuck E. Cheese in Gotham, that feels weird. <laughs> okay. That's a little bit of a stretch, but yeah. It's not, it's the same thing. It's not <laughs> it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. any means. It's the exact same <laughs> no, thing. No, it's not. But um, from here on Octo, uh, we start to get our first connection from Ray to Kylo, mm -hmm. which I love. It's cool. I think Super it's really neat. I love yeah. that they've been connected and I love that they're seeing each other and I love the building relationship between the two of them. Yeah. Um, Kylo is still, uh, Adam driver is just delivering yeah, he's on great. every he's really great. single front. And so is Daisy Ridley in this movie. Yeah. I, I think, think she so. is great. Yeah. I think so. I agree. Before we move on from this, uh, Luke and Ray, Ray's training, I guess, mm -hmm. is my super pump for this movie. Oh, cool. And I don't know if it's a, a flaw with me as a person or if it's a flaw with this movie, but this is the A story, and I don't care at all about the B story. The B story is the resistance running out of gas and and Canto Bite and all of that stuff, and I don't care about it even a little bit. This is Do you include the Ray Kylo stuff later, A story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Snoke, the, the Ray, yeah. Kylo, Snoke. That's all definitely that. my favorite that's the part. A story. Of all, Can yeah. we separate then instead? In my head, I've separated it out into Kylo and Ray as a story, resistance trying to escape and while po, running out of gas po, yeah. and po, all that stuff. Laura that's Dern. B story. The Laura Canto Dern bite yeah. is the C break that it takes. Can we separate it that way? Sure. Because yeah. If that's, do we have to do A first? <laughs> What do you mean? I feel like we've ordered it and what my favorite parts were. Sure. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. We'll talk about it all the way through. Yeah. But th to me, that makes more sense because, and only because in my head, 
A and B matter and I love and C is garbage. Where C is canto bite. Yeah, okay. That's so, that's valid. Yeah. And I would say A matters and B is all garbage that doesn't matter. Okay. So, so yeah. all that to say, this is my super pump because it is probably the only part of this movie that is actively entertaining for me. Oh, is yeah. is Ray and Luke training together. Mm. Cool. So, do we want to jump out of hyperspace now? Sure. Yeah, the first time. Yeah. The first time. Yep. So, we come out of hyperspace and are pursued by the dreadnought. Um and this is where Finn wakes up uh, Poe jumps back out to go blow some, some more stuff up in an X-Wing and Kylo approaches in his fighter yeah. to blow up the cruiser that uh, Leia is on. So wh- what do we want to get to first? My suggestion is Leia. Yeah, let's talk about it. Because she gets blown up out into space and this is how Leia should have died. I agree, 100%. This should have been the end of Leia's character in the Star Wars universe if it means that we get to avoid her newfound superpower of being strong enough in the force to force pull herself through space and also not need oxygen. Yeah. This is, this is another thing where it's like, man, that's a cool idea. And like, maybe this is how I feel about the last Jedi in general of this is a totally fine element for a science fiction movie about space wizards. But this one, and with respect to the other seven movies that are in this series, this feels out of place. This is, this is weird. I agree. If we want to show Leia having force powers uh, that she's able to activate in a time of distress, we shoot the window, it begins to blow out, and then she reflexively turns and like like high turns away from the blast and then looks back and realizes she's holding the ship together with the force. Or just let her be sensitive enough to know that she needs to abandon the bridge before it's shot. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I feel like this reveal that she has this kind of force power, which feels like the root of it, kind of, why to show that to me, yeah. could have looked different, could have looked better. But to me, it was kind of like, what is a Jedi's version of uh, my kid is stuck under a car and all of a sudden as a human, I have this kind of power out of nowhere to lift this car that I should not have any kind of power to do so in order to save somebody's life. And I'm willing to budge on like, she's not flying. She's using the force pull that we've seen them do before to pull herself instead of, you know what? I'm, I'm willing to budge on that. Yeah. What I'm not willing to budge on is we've seen Jedi masters have to use rebreathers underwater. So why is this completely untrained woman not dead floating in space? Right. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, she's probably not fair to say completely untrained because Luke, we, we do, I think we are supposed to infer. And then there is, I know there's legends material, probably canon material too, of Luke giving her some training okay. in yeah. the force. So fair. it's fair to say that Luke has trained her at some point, but also with a, laser cannon shooting you. You don't have time to go put on your apparatus just in case you happen to be floating in space. I like, well, that, that's why that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying yeah. she should have put it on first cause she knew she was going to die. I'm right. saying there's no reason that she should not need oxygen. Right. Yeah. Even with the force. That's what's confusing to me. I don't know why it's not confusing to me. Weird. Yeah. I mean, fine. Totally cool. But it's, yeah, it just bothers me so much. Yeah. It was strange when I saw it. I was like, huh. there was laughs in the theater. Yeah. There was in our showing too. Yeah. yeah when she did it, yeah. it's just out there. It's just weird. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, we're, we're dancing around my actual opinion of it, which is I don't like it. And I think it's bad. Yeah. We keep saying, we keep saying (laughs) things like weird and unexpected for me, Carter, if it doesn't bother you, I wish it didn't bother me. Genuine. (laughs) I really do. Yeah. It it is bad to me. Like this was a bad decision to make for this movie. Well, and a bad decision with very little payoff. Like there is, there is no reason that Leia is still alive for the rest of this movie because 
and we'll get to it later, but because the the resistance, this whole subplot is is nothing. Like it it just kind of happens on screen and just happens and happens and happens. And it reminds me of Obi-Wan's investigation or Anakin and Padme's love story in Star Wars episode two, which is like it happens and there's so many moving pieces that you go, oh my gosh, it's gotta be brilliant. And then when you untangle it, it's nothing. Yeah. This resistance stuff is nothing to me. I hear you. I actually love the resistance being pursued by the dreadnought about to run out of gas through space. Like, I think that is cool. Yeah. That setup is interesting. What we do within those parameters of Holdo having a plan that she won't tell anybody because reasons is so stupid. Yeah. I agree with that. There is no, like, why won't she just tell Poe what the plan is? Yeah. I agree. That that. she's going to kamikaze. She's not planning that. That's not the plan. The plan is that we're going to this other base. Like, why doesn't she tell Poe? Like, hey, we're leading them on. They're tracking only the big ship. We're going to load into the escape pods and go down to this new rebel base. I need you to help me round up troops because you obviously have more influence on people than I do. Why, like, why do we complicate that? Why do we make her and Poe have this antagonistic relationship? Does Poe, does he have an opportunity somewhere else to just grow as a character? It doesn't have to be this specifically, but do we need some other thing to stand in his way to be like, uh, I don't know. Uh, this this environment allowed me to get to know Poe better. The, sure, yeah. I agree with yeah, that. Regardless of if it was good or not. I it agree just, with that. This was the kind of, I think the reason I like The Last, Je- the Last Jedi mm-hmm. is because I am into relationship building in movies. Right. And we don't really get that in Star Wars much at all. A little bit. It's it's. We only really get any of it in the newer trilogy. Sure. It's like why on earth? I mean, yes, y'all y'all survived a bunch of stuff together, but I don't know. Some of the older relationships, like Luke and Han, like we don't. It doesn't go very deep. Like we don't get to see yeah, exactly. deep conversations. It's like, hey, thanks for saving me again in space. Yeah. Like with stuff like this, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Which I, think- I guess <clears throat> the, the payoff of this element then is later on in the cave with the crystal foxes. Whenever, whenever. Uh, Poe says we got to lead the resistance away. We have to run basically instead of standing here and fighting and having a heroic last stand. Yeah. So we're supposed to gather. He learned that from this stuff on the ship caused him to grow, but still there's like, there's needless conflict. And it's the kind of conflict that arises through a result of stuff. I hate it when this happens in fiction, when it's like you would not be fighting if you would just talk to each other. But, but uh, Poe and Admiral Holdo like they, they don't talk. Admiral Holdo never says, here's what we're doing. Here's why we're doing it. Yeah. I think and if she same, just did that, there'd be no conflict. The same growth and character development can be there. If Holdo says, I need you to be on board with this plan. And Poe says, I'm not on board with this. That's plan. so weird. Cause that just feels realistic to me. Really? Yeah. Keeping the secret. That's not a secret. Like I, I don't think we get to talk about it's weird. Right. Right. I am such a character driven and I'm not saying y'all aren't right in the, when I was watching this movie, it was so character driven every decision that they make. Yeah. I was like, they are both so hard headed. They're just neglecting each other and it's resulting in them shooting at each other when they're being shot at by the villains. Yeah. Like it's making a mess and you're supposed to be frustrated at the mess. Why don't you just talk to each other? So I'm I'm frustrated. No, you're, we're both saying we're frustrated about the same thing. It's just that, I think it's good for the movie and you don't. No, no, no. But, but what I'm saying is I'm the opposite because of the way that I like characters. I'm looking at Holdo going, there is no real life person that would think this is worthy of a secret. Okay. So I'm looking at it, not going, she's not hard headed. That's ridiculous. Of course she's hard headed. That's her character. But it, to me, it is the, I can't tell you. Do you feel like Poe is the only one who doesn't know? No, no. You don't think she's telling, telling anybody. anybody. No, there's a whole group of people that jump on board with them because they don't know what's happening. Yeah, but they're all about to evacuate in like an hour. Sure, they need to be told. That's what that's what's confusing about it to me. 
is it seems like they wrote it in and they're like, well, I guess we need somebody to be sort of like a secondary villain for a little bit so that Poe can have some conflict. And then like, well, but Poe can have conflict with somebody that's not a villain. She can say, I need you on board with this plane because we're going to save lives. And Poe's whole thing can be, we can attack to save lives. Then when he watches Holdo's plan work, he can go, man, I need to step back, step out of what I think is right and realize that sometimes to lead, you have to save your people, then save the people in the cave. I don't think we need the whole like, I can't tell you, but be ready. Well, in her thing, yeah, it's <laughs> with your impersonation. Like when you talk like that, it's like it's so clear at what your opinion is. I know. I mean, I'm, <laughs> that's so unfair. That sucks so bad. I, you're but right. What if you did? I know. How it's am I such such a patronizing to counter way. that? I'm sorry. Good grief. That's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like and Poe was like, "Yes, our plan must work." And then Holder's like, <laughs> right. "I'm not gonna listen to you." Yeah. Oh, I'm the worst. It's just, I'm sorry. I just don't think she's a really good leader. Yeah, no, and that's that, fair. That's no, part I don't of the either. plot to me. So I'm frustrated too. Yeah, that's fair. But that's part of the plot to me. I don't sure. Know. Yeah, I think we're- It's we're, frustrating we're, that nothing's happening the way you, you want it You to. feel that it's intentional and and yeah. I think the other side is that it's either intentional and good writing or it's unintentional and bad and lazy writing. Yeah. And and it's safe to say that I think we can't tell the difference. And I think by and large, yeah. there's not a good consensus around whether Holdo is good writing or bad writing. That's but fair. This Look. is not the spot in this movie that I thought we were going to get hung up on. This, this is, is great. crazy. Yeah, this I'm is good. in yeah. love with what's happening. Do you think, uh, and before we go to break, which I know that's soon. Don't you step on my toes. I'm not going to do that. Um, how much of... So the time that you had in that time that you took a nap and you had a snack and all that kind of stuff yeah. too, how much were you reading about other people's opinions about this movie? None at that point. This is still y'all. Yeah. Okay. I feel like there is such a, and I'm not saying like someone, people are going out there and tainting something that's beautiful. I really don't. I yeah. don't like the end of people saying this is the best. This is for sure. Not the best movie. No, not even a top half. For but it's me for personally. sure. Not the worst. And there's right. all, all the like video essays on YouTube. That's like reasons. The last Jedi is a complete cinematic failure. And yeah. it's like, well, it's, it's not probably that. Yeah. not that. It feels like there are some people and I'm not going to, I don't, I really don't think either of you are this way that are just acting a certain way about last Jedi because Mark Hamill did. Oh yeah. 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 It's I, because, Oh, the guy that I feel like wasn't written right. And he's upset about it. Yeah. I'm, I feel the same way. Exactly. And their opinions are developed around. I really don't think that's what I'm doing. Yeah. No. I think I really, by the way, from a business standpoint, if you, if they gave you more than a million dollars, you don't really talk trash about the movie, especially when it's still in theaters. Well, he, they, he's kind of come back around to the, which by the way, too, I looked up, uh, so Twitter is invented in 2006. So none of the old movies get Twitter. Hardly any of the new franchise gets Twitter. like one, two, three, like how would, what would people think about the original trilogy? If. Harrison Ford got to talk to that's all exactly. these media yeah, outlets exactly. about Star Wars. That's, that's, the, that's the only reason I wanted to bring that up. Because yeah. it's yeah. so it's interesting technology-wise via communication. Like, if he was out there putting that out there, like, would that oh, have yeah. hurt the there's franchise? That whole, <laughs> there's that whole additional element to The Last Jedi fallout of him saying, like, in my head when I was on set, I had to just pretend I was this new character. Let's call him Jake Skywalker yeah. because he's nothing like the Luke I remember. And everybody was like, see, I knew it was bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and again, that's why I land back on my problem is not Luke's story. Being, no, that's being fine. A, a washed up, scared old man. In fact, Luke I think was a washed up, scared young man. In yeah. fact, I think that's more interesting than, yes. than Luke, the perfect Superman savior from right. the EU. And, and I know that it's more complicated than that. Sure. So please don't tweet at me or send me <laughs> Instagram messages. I know me. that there's more to it than that. It's the handling. I can't, I can't think of any other way to say it than it's the handling of the character. It's himself yeah. versus 
where he landed. It's movie Disney. making. It's the yeah. way it was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The execution. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. So uh, much like Finn is headed for an escape pod once he wakes <laughs> up, we're going to escape from this portion of the show and head into shout announcements. Welcome to shout announcements. It's the part of the show where we give shout outs and make announcements. <laughs> Let's do that now. We're Speaking back. Speaking of good ideas with bad execution. <laughs> hey. Or bad ideas with bad execution. That too. Hey, we're back in Tyler Station, so we're going to give a shout out to Tyler Station. Also, I'm sipping on Crumb and Kettle, so shout out to Crumb and Kettle. We also want to give a huge shout out to Podbean, because we pay them money and we put stuff on them. That stuff is There's mostly our podcast. podcast. That's podbean.com. Also want to give a huge shout out to everybody who has rated and reviewed the program called Two Chunks and a Hunk on iTunes or whatever other podcast aggregator you choose to download your shows from. To which your ears are now feasting upon. <laughs> and we want to encourage you, if you haven't done that, to go ahead and, and leave us a rating and review. Preferably five stars, but if you earnestly believe that this is one star content, we would love to know that as well. well uh, we're trying. <laughs> I could some skip of us. that. Keep your opinion to yourself. Some of us would love to know that. Uh, but we're, we're trying to get to 300 ratings and reviews by uh, March, I think we yeah. said was our goal. Yeah. And the so, window opens. So it's a million. But. It's a million. And after that, we're going to try to get to a million. But let's start with 300 first because we'll have to pass that to get to a million. So rate and review us. Another thing that you can do that would be awesome is listen to what I'm about to say about a new opportunity that you're going to have to engage with our content in 2020. Weird. We're going to be launching a Patreon in 2020. Uh, and for the low, low price of unrevealed amount per month. It's low. It's really low. It's very low. <laughs> you're going to get uh, some bonus content. And so uh, Carter detailed a little bit yesterday on Mini Monday what that's going to be. So go back yep. and listen to that if you are curious about what kinds of new goodies we've got cooking up for you in this podcast kitchen of ours. But uh, keep your peepers peeped for that. Cause we're gonna have some Patreon related <laughs> announcements coming soon. Look, I was at target earlier today and, uh, a little package of icebreakers mints that you can keep in your car goes for like a buck 75. If we were to land somewhere in that neighborhood for our Patreon price, I promise you this, you're going to like what we do way more than a couple of icebreakers. Hey, I feel I, that I am not comfortable promising that. <laughs> also one shout out to story shape life guys. It's here. It's here. Finally, we're there. Story Shape Life drops, and it has Ooh. our melodious voices on it. <laughs> and we talk just like and that. And we talk so good. good talking. And this episode of Story Shape Life. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, ben Larzabal, his brother Sam, and Ben's wife, Emily, who is a certified counselor. Ooh. We're going to be talking about emotions. So get ready. Did they ever consider, already did they ever consider calling their podcast HBO's Larza Ballers? Nice. Dead gummit. Sheesh. I bet, I bet it's probably not too it. late to change. It's probably not. Okay. But give Story Shape Life license. Give Story Shape Life a listen. Yeah, please do. And with that, we're going to drift on back to a galaxy far, far away. It's back to the show. And we're back. Show that we do the podcast. Hey, two chunks and a hunk, a movie podcast where we get pumps and dumps. Finn woke up, he's leaking. He runs the escape <laughs> pod because he's like, Nope. He meets Rose. She zaps him. They come up with a plan with help from Maz Kanata on a hologram that we've never seen the likes of before. They don't, I mean, does Poe know Maz? He I don't her. know. They don't interact. They don't interact in the last one. I think he knows who she is. Is he in the room when they're talking to her? He's the one talking to her saying, Maz, can we do this? Maz, can we do this? Maz, can we do this? He's holding the conversation with her. 
And Finn and Rose are just kind of folded their arms. I don't feel the like corner. there's any way to know that. Um, so yes. they... Maz does kind of know everybody, though, somehow. Apparently. Maybe it's a running it. joke in the universe. Yeah. Maz just... And, you know Maz? Knows? How do you know Maz? I'm not so, a fan of them. Like, there, there's... Maz feels like a grab just to say, yeah, here's absolutely. that fun character again. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, Y'all remember think, I, don't think it's, I definitely don't think it's needed. Yeah. yeah. Finn and Rose go to Cantobite. Let's talk about it. They go to the casino planet of Cantobite to find a code breaker. I hate this part of this movie. I do too. <laughs> this is so dumb. This is my super dumb. All of Canto Bite. Everything hey, that happens. It's mine as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything on Canto Bite is pointless. Um, I think that there's a way to put Finn. I, I don't even mind Rose. I'm, I know a lot of people. Hey, by the way, the backlash around Rose and the actors. Yeah, that, that, is that sucks so bad. Disgusting. That's awful. Yeah, yeah. That's really bad. People need to get their Chill. stuff handled. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. But I don't mind Rose. I think if we want to no, add in a character fine. like Rose, let's do it. Like if we just want to have somebody for Finn to interact with, let's do it. No, but she should be back on the ship. This should be Finn and Poe. But no, uh, either way, let's put people on the dreadnought for longer or on, uh, rather, uh, what's his face's ship? Not on the Snoke's dreadnought. Ship. On Snoke's yeah, ship. Yeah, yeah. Let's put them on Snoke's ship. Let's have them ha- figure stuff out there. There's no need to go to this planet of Cantobite. It's ridiculous. Well, the I mean, interactions the here are written like Finn has never been in public before just like sprinting through this casino and knocking things over and being confused why people have a heart, like why he's being arrested and like yeah. not understanding that he's not going to draw attention to himself. The cat horse human face things should have been pod racers. That's clear. Yeah. Um, all of that stuff. Is so <laughs> They're neglecting the pod racers. It, like, let's put them back. I thought that's what it was when I first watched it, when that rumble happened and there was a track. Me too. I was yeah, like, oh, cool. They did it. The crazy madmen, And then it's these cat horse people. Uh, their faces scare me very badly. Yeah, they're pretty um, uncanny looking. Benicio del Toro, I'm always down. Put him in anything. He's I actually really here. don't care for him. He's so the whole thing is here. that they're here to find the master code breaker, but on their way to find the master code breaker, they get thrown in jail and they happen to be sharing a cell with somebody who is willing to, uh, we don't know, by the way, if he's a code breaker, if he's pretending to break the code so that the first, if he's already called the first order, been like, I've got these two guys. That's never clarified. Let me in. But it just all like, it's all coincidence in, in a way that is not to me in a way that feels different than the coincidence that's necessary for storytelling that we've sure. talked about before. Yeah. This, this whole element of them going and getting captured. Like when you, when you watch it, it feels a lot like Obi-Wan's investigation into the cloners where it's like, Oh my gosh, we're going to this outer part of the galaxy, all this new stuff. And then it happens. And then you, you get to the end of it and you're like, wow, what a ride. And then you unravel it and it's nothing. Canto yeah. bite to me, this whole sequence is nothing. We accomplish nothing. We like, I, I mean, I guess to quote Rose, I guess it was worth it. Cause they freed those dog things. Yeah. Cat horse people. Yeah. But like, what, why are we doing this? Yeah. What is happening? Something that happened with me on this watch was the whole like real life element. Like there, so there's these things that we do often that it was like, we didn't really need to do that to accomplish the task. There's movies for that. It's not the Star Wars series. Yeah. Right. So there really isn't a place for that either. Although I do like some of the themes of a lot of the rich people of the universe are funding both sides. I felt, like that. That felt Rogue One-ish to me. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, that's nuance we, that we don't really get Which we all love. Rush. We don't get that a lot. And, but yeah, it, it is, it, it really could have used our time better I agree. than this. It was fun. I mean, we don't have to have, yeah. It's different than having an altercation in a bar in A New Hope. Yeah. Like, why are right. they in the bar? Do yeah. any of them even really drink? Do they do Jedi drink? Like nobody's nope. asking that question. That's fine. But that's just 
That's yeah. fine. It's world building. This right. this is kind of world building, but it's too long. We spent a, a, a long like amount of time there. A ton of time in Dexter's diner. To be honest, something you right. will probably hate, and I don't like a ton, is we might just be here to meet that little broom kid. We probably are. Yeah. So, yeah, but I don't think the broom kid himself is specifically significant outside of just showing that the awakening of the force from seven happened galaxy. Right. But they spent a lot of time on this. No, you're so right. You're like, absolutely right. Um, I think that Cantabite to me, Oh, I like Benicio del Toro's character. I love it. I just love him in general, yeah. but I, I, I really I like Benicio. His like character it. is, I'm, I'm he glad felt like know. a microcosm of the whole theme of play both sides. Yeah. Sure. With a good star Wars name, like DJ, <laughs> let it go. Luke, come on. Yeah. So, um, Daisy, there is a, that's the actor's name. <laughs> What if her name was Daisy? Daisy. <laughs> Luke. Sorry. Seriously. So we have here sort of what I've decided after watching it again reinforces this idea I've had about The Last Jedi, which is within The Last Jedi is Schrodinger's movie. Within The Last Jedi, there is both a pretty good Star Wars movie and a really, really bad Star Wars exactly. movie. Exactly. Yes. Canto I said that, literally, I, I looked at Jess after we walked out of the theater and I was like, this has some of... The highest Star Wars highs, but it definitely has some of the lowest Star Wars lows. I completely agree. I'd like to get back to some of those Star Wars highs. I don't feel like this whole episode just needs to be us pooping all over Canto Bite. We have made ourselves a pretty clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can we talk about Ray leaving Octo? Hey, can we talk about uh, the Puffins real quick? Porgs? Yeah, Porgs. Hated them first time. Pretty cute. Second time. They're I fine. I don't know why we keep them in our movie after we leave the island. Well, because they're cute and Star Wars loves cute stuff. We know this. Yeah, I know. They're even a little more slaps. It's like prequel slapstickiness that doesn't land to me. Like, first, yeah. first time I watched it, completely agreed with you. This time, kind of want to When he pork. flies and like splats on the Millennium Falcon window. That to me, that feels like the same kind of lack of restraint that was shown with Jar Jar and the the farting space camel. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm so chaotic like, neutral. Ooh, so stinky. Yeah. How, oh, so funny. Wow, great. <laughs> I think I just take a handful of darts and hurl them as hard as I can at a map every time we watch a Star Wars movie because like completely bothered by all the loot. And then the porgs, I'm like, yeah, it's cute. And he hits the window and I laughed and I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know what my deal is. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, But yeah, I yeah. love it. Uh, there is, uh, so when Luke gets to the island, or when she gets to the island, Luke's like, you get three lessons. Lesson one is this. And that's it. Yeah. We never get lesson two and lesson three. Like, <laughs> because true. we spend all of our freaking time at the stupid casino planet. Yeah, you're absolutely like, right. Why don't we spend more time in, and, and I'm biased because that's the part, the part I actually care about is Luke and Ray training. But like, if you set up, that's Chekhov's rule of three. Like if you set up that first one, if you say there's three lessons and then you, the next thing you say is lesson one is Boy, you better hit me with lesson two is and lesson is three is. Is the rule is. of three also Chekhov? No, I was just saying Chekhov's gun. Oh, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, That no. boy's all over it. Is it Ryan Johnson or Rian Johnson? I think it's Rian. I want to be like, because I'm seeing Knives Out tonight. Yeah. Like, I love Rian Johnson's stuff. I love Knives Out. Or not Knives Looper, Out. Looper, dude. I love Looper. That's the thing. Like, he's I not love a hack. plot A of Last Jedi. Because I don't want this to be a stain on him. But, oh, it's no. It's not. Is it not? No, I think it is. I think I it's think definitely. Uh, yeah. I think it is. I think it's definitely the, his bad. To culture. But that doesn't mean he's a bad director. I mean, he directed some of the best Breaking Bad episodes. Looper's great. I have complete faith in Knives Out. The, I'm not saying he's the bad. The influence of Last Jedi on just movie making in general after Last Jedi, I think is something that we're going to find oh, out yeah. a lot more about in 10 years. Yeah. The reason David and David drop out of stuff. The reason like the guys who did, yeah, the guys who did, uh, 
Game of Thrones. Like the reason yeah, people are yeah. like, I don't want to touch that. JJ right. Abrams had even said when he was asked to do Star Wars, he's like, that's against the law. Yeah. I just did Star Trek. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm coming in with some kind of reverence. And I just didn't like how people painted Ryan Johnson as like, he didn't care. He yeah. threw it over his shoulder like Luke did. Who cares? It's Star Wars. I don't do He's, it. I'm going to make a he movie. He basically said that. I will I mean, say. He, he did paint it that way himself. I think that and, and was a is, defense mechanism. I think it was of, too. All of the your Snoke we, theory sucks. Yeah. We, and we don't did. get to yeah. call that. But like, I'm saying that to myself. Right. I don't get to decide sure. what his personality is like. No, I, um, I like him as a director. But JJ did say, like, with all the, like, as soon as he jumps on to do the third, and everybody's like, yeah, which feels like there's more pressure on him now than there was for The Force Awakens to well, come think, and I think end they it. called Daddy back in to come clean up the baby's mess a little and bit. And we talk about cleaning up the baby's mess, though, and he says, and it could be marketing, it could be the reason Scorsese is saying that Marvel movies are jokes and stuff like that, because he's got a movie coming out. But JJ Abrams has said that when they looked at the blueprint of what the last three movies were supposed to be when they talk like with Lucasfilm or whoever it was that was heading that kind of stuff. Ryan Johnson did not like totally go against like off meta. I bet he didn't. There's still like, it was still the intent of that Palpatine is actually the big bad. It was still the intent of all these different things. I buy that that completely, but I don't know if I buy that. I I do. I don't think that Ryan Johnson, again, I don't think that he has made a bad movie here. I just think that he, got distracted from what's important. Yeah. But let, let's we'll see. Continue. Yeah. 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 Let's we'll continue. See. And there's an element too of like, this is the middle chapter and we can't yes. fully judge the middle chapter without time. seeing like, okay, what, what are the bricks I'm supposed to keep in my backpack from this movie? Yeah. Maybe the patty tastes better with that bottom bun. I mean, huh? people Maybe. did not like empire as much as new hope when it first came out. Empire really? actually won people's choice awards movie. So that's a, that's an argument that a lot of people have thrown out in defense of the last Jedi empire historically was not, really that poorly received compared to star Wars. Gotcha. I totally get that. I didn't know that, but like financially, like right, people right, right. did not, it did not do, it. it did not do the money that star yeah. Wars did yeah. for sure. It had a, it had not as big of a drop off in making money as last Jedi did from new hope though, even though it made a billion, but oh, yeah. So let's get off Octo. Cause get I'm ready to talk about Ray and Kylo on the I mean, ship. Ray has that vision in the dark side cave. And we talk about, Hey, that's a cool effect. Why Kylo. Like, I think there's a lot of stuff that happens on the Island. We still need to talk through. Okay. Let's talk through it. Uh, that dark side, that vision in the cave. What do you think of that element? I just, we haven't talked about it yet. I think it's awesome. Cool. I dig it. I think it's a Ryan Johnson version of going in the tree and seeing your face and your head. I'm totally fine with that. I'm interpreting it as, um, similar to, so there's a theory with Palpatine, um, that there's a place out in space where the first or the second death star blew up where Sheev died, that the place of his death is like a place of intense force power out in Space. Like um, an echo. Yeah, kind of. And I, I'm interpreting it as kind of similar to like, that's probably similar to what the tree was on Dagobah. That's probably similar to what this little cave is here on Octo. Like, it's just this place of concentrated force power for some reason. Yeah. And I think that's very interesting. Yeah. I thought it was cool to see Ray seem to, from what we understand of this place that she went, like pick up on it pretty quick. Yeah. Because that seems to be her MO. Mm-hmm. Like Ray just kind of figures it out. Yeah. I hope her seeing a vision of herself when she asked to see her parents is significant. I do too. Like, I wonder if, cause I think it's another Anakin virgin birth kind of thing. I was going, I wonder if we're hinting that Ray is a clone of someone important. And when that's why there's so many of her. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Whoa. there's a lot of clone stuff being hinted at with, I mean, spoilers, I guess mildly for Mandalorian. There's a lot of clone hints in yeah. Mandalorian, nothing yeah. concrete, but there's a lot of, so I'm just wondering if 
we're heading in a direction where maybe the theory of Ray's parentage is right and wrong kind of a thing. If people thought that she was somebody related to somebody and she is, but she was a clone of them and was kept. That's such young, a like, tough plot point. hundred percent. Yeah. Because it's like, who is going, what is the best thing that could have happened? Sure. But it's so hard. Like yeah. why see, a- why see herself when she asks, I yeah. need to see my parents. What, what if she wasn't seeing you don't have Ray? Parents. What if she, well, what if her parent is the woman she was cloned from? So she was seeing herself because you know, yeah, maybe the thought that I had last night watching it. I've never thought it before, but she's I a clone of Obi-Wan's daughter. Excellent. <laughs> Love for it to happen. Yo, I'm yeah. going to flip when that episode <laughs> drops. If you had already seen the movie and find out that Obi-Wan is her dad, the first five minutes of the movie will be a long scream for me. <laughs> like the first five minutes of that episode, like, yeah, <laughs> we'll shorten it. We'll condense Sound it of down. cloth ripping. That's funny. <laughs> so, um, something I else. I also love the explanation when she's like, but what is it about the force? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Cause we never really get that. That's yeah. a question we're all asking. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Very good. And because you, we've seen it. Yeah. We talked about in Phantom Menace. So force yeah. makes you run fast. Like, Apparently. wait, what? Right. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? It you makes know, you fly I love through space actually. Yeah. Uh, the tree that everybody thought was the book of the wills, but is like the Jedi code. Yoda burns it down with lightning. Yoda be looking weird. Yoda looks pretty weird. Yoda sounds a little weird. Uh, Were you the one, Carter, were you the one that said this puppet looks like he looks like he farted and everybody in the room's asking who farted? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, "Mm." I know who did it. (laughs) Yes. Oh, that's so good. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But I do like, cause he, that totally kills everyone's like, this isn't Luke type thing outside of like the over the shoulder and brushing the shoulder and stuff is like Yoda trained this guy and is hitting him with his canes. Like you dummy. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I love when he says, aren't you uh, older? Like, shouldn't, yeah. Shouldn't you be wiser. Yeah. 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 That's good. I'm never sad about more Yoda. No. I like him. Can we please talk about Ray and Kylo? I mean, force ghosts can influence the corporeal world. Now Yoda can control the weather. Yeah. Which is wild. wild. Yeah. That's pretty nuts. That's a, a thing the now. force is crazy but the, the jedi books burn which is significant maybe it's all a vision do they we see them later don't we in a they don't cabinet? ray ray took them wait what yeah ray took the books yeah we see them all in the They're those were in, them uh-huh mm-hmm. callie was like were those the jedi books i was like no they burned no she took them <laughs> you better apologize to her ray stole them yeah. publicly interesting i don't think i caught that mm-hmm. and by mm-hmm. i don't think i mean i super did not definitely <laughs> yeah, catch I'm that sure ray I took them didn't okay interesting the red room. Is that where we're going? Please, please. It's my yeah. super pump. Tell us about it. Talk us through it. Yeah, I would love to actually specifically my super pump is from Snoke's death until the end of the hyperspace blast through Snoke's ship. But let's start at the beginning. Snoke brings Ray and Kylo into the room to force a sort of turning point for Kylo, similar to, uh, Palpatine's do it to behead Dooku. He and is similar to Palpatine telling Luke, uh, Strike him down and join me. Right. Yeah. He's, he's one. It's like it's, a rite of passage. It's huh? essentially like prove your um, loyalty. Mm-hmm. Kill this person. Which typically happens in the third movie of the trilogies. So it's just, it's weird that this yeah. is happening here. Yeah. I agree. Um, but something that I love about Kylo Ren, and I actually, I want to shout out to uh, our friend Sheldon. Sheldon texted me this week just saying, essentially, so happy that you love Kylo Ren. He's my favorite Star Wars villain. I agree with him. Kylo Ren is my favorite Star Wars villain. Partially because of Adam Driver, but partially because Kylo, to me, is so believably unpredictable. 
I never know what he's going to do when he's on screen. I never know what direction he's going to take things in, but it never feels out of place or out of character when he breaks those things because he's been established to be so moody and like kind of um, liquid in the things that he does. So in this scene, when it sets up that he kills Snoke to make the offer for Ray to join him, I buy it, but I was shocked. Yeah. Cause I thought Snoke was going to be a much bigger deal Mm -hmm. and it doesn't bother me that he wasn't, which the first time I watched it really did, but Snoke just being sort of an, a necessary bad guy to get out of the way so that we can watch Kylo sort of step into his own is fine with me. Yeah. But this scene in this red room where Snoke is cut in half, Ray and Kylo fight all of the, they're not inquisitors. What are he's in half and like other pieces? Yeah. He's he's got several pieces. Actually it's a hand. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, what are these, these troopers? I don't know. They're a uh, guard of some kind. Yeah, the Praetorian guard. Yep. So this is maybe the coolest fight in star Wars. It's, to way, me. Disagree. it's way up there. I still love the Phantom Menace. Yeah. With Obi-Wan. Yeah. Obi-Wan versus I, Obi-Wan I really like that too, but this is so cool. This one's super cool. I, I just love this whole fight. I think everything is really awesome here. And then we're flashing back and forth between, Snoke ship shooting all of the cruisers for the resistance. And that's to me is yeah. so scary. Akbar dies here. Yeah. Akbar dies, which is a bummer dude. Yep. Um, uh, Holdo's character. If we want that character, that should have been Akbar. I, I would have liked for that too. Yeah. I don't mind Holdo. I mean, outside of the fact that I don't mind her as an idea, but Laura yeah. Dern does not do anything for me in this I one. Think she's I'm fine. not impressed with her in any way. Yeah. I think she's fine too. I just don't. Yeah. I think I like the idea of it being Akbar more, but that's I the love thought of that. The hyperspace arrow through Snoke's ship. 100%. It's one of the coolest things I've ever seen in a Star Wars movie. I like it a lot. I really do. I So my super pump, and it's also being on the salt planet. Oh, it's yeah. It's just visually. Oh, it's beautiful. So the fault of this movie is it's too different. Too different. Mm-hmm. I think there's a time to be different, especially if you know it's, and we don't always know it's going to be nine episodes. Do we? I mean, I don't know. No. Uh, we say we do. It's we tough don't. to do it at eight. When there's only one left. Yeah. I think if something like this happened in seven, but then we go with that narrative, right? It doesn't yeah. get to be the cream of the Oreo. Like mm-hmm. it's not supposed to be the part you like the most. Um, but my goodness, he, he's got some great designs. Like I yeah. think specifically the red room. I love the ship going through. I, I really do like that. I don't, yeah. it, this is outside of like, if that's ever happened before or why has no one done that before? Yeah. If it's that influential, like yeah. why didn't we do that to the death star? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, that's, that's one of those things where it's like, yeah, man, that's cool. But that doesn't like, change the fact that it's gorgeous. Like yeah, exactly. I love the way those speeder junkards look on this salt planet, like the yeah. red and white, like that's my super pump. It was almost Kylo. Cause I didn't get to do that for Adam driver in the last one. Yeah. Um, but something that does make this movie unique to anything I've seen before is a lot of the, uh, what they do in terms of the art design. I don't know what what else to call it. I agree with that. Yeah. Visually it's an, it's a stunning movie. My super dump is doing all this stuff too. Oh, okay. I hate the phasma stuff. Oh Oh, yeah. yeah. Phasma is is stupid. All of it. I, let's go Chrome Dome. Yeah. yeah. Dude, it sounds like a Mortal Kombat fight is starting. It like does. they both get their like, one-liner. Uh-huh. Looky, looky, I got hooky. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, he, I, he was like Rufio. Like same part of the screen. Like everything. Yeah. It was so weird. So much is happening. Like if you're going to have a twist of Snoke, like you don't have to get addicted to twists. 
Like stop yes. doing so many different things. Right. It's like, you looked at it and you're like, well, but, but empire it's his dad. And right. They came in and they're like, but what if Snoke dies? And what if they get betrayed? And what if BB eight drives, drives an ATST? Oh, that's so stupid. How do you get up there? Don't think about it. That's so stupid. Did you expect him to get up there? No. We've talked it's about subverted. Prob- like this is way more <laughs> egregious than R2 at the beginning of Revenge. Of oh the my Sith. gosh. So much. So catching stuff on fire. He's driving? so much. So yeah. Stupid. Weird. I How are they agree. not dead? Yeah. How are they the only ones not dead in that explosion? Nope. I don't know. How did Ray get back on the Falcon? We never see her get that back on the I Falcon. That I don't know. That I definitely don't Ray's know. Ray's back on the Falcon once we get to crate. Because she took Snoke's personal ship uh-huh. and then I guess met up with Chewie and the Falcon. I guess. To swap ships. I guess. Yeah. Phasma got Boba fetted for sure. What a waste. What a waste of Gwendolyn Christie. Hey, yeah, more than the waste of a Honestly, cool character. Probably worse than Boba Fett because they yeah. were building her up intentionally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, don't like that. Nothing. I hope she's not back in Rise of Skywalker. No. Because it's one of those things. It's like. Well, when people fall down pits in Star Wars. Apparently they don't die. It doesn't stick. Apparently they don't die. Sometimes it works, though. So let's talk about Crate. Let's finish up there, right? Salt. Red. We don't win by killing the enemy, but we win by saving what we love. That's stupid. You win by killing the enemy. Okay. Down boy. I think that's kind of a cool way of getting I'm in between. done. I, hate, I don't like the kiss after that. No. Kiss is stupid. I hate her like kamikazing and saving him. Yeah. I've just chalked it up to anybody can drive anything in Star Wars at this point. Well, yeah, that's because Finn, Finn straight up says in the first movie, I'm looking for a pilot. I need a pilot. That's why he becomes friends with Ray. But now he can drive this thing. And, and to be fair, he's not good at it. She's like, yeah. drop your stabilizer ski. And so he has to do that. But like, I mean, I guess he can kind of drive it. How did they know, know though? Yeah. Well, who knows? So, um, yeah, I, the kiss is terrible. I don't want that. That's a yeah. bad timing. It's weird. But the idea of he was mad that she saved him and she's basically like, I lost my sister. I'm not losing you. You know, if, if we beat them, but you die, that's a loss for me. It's selfish, but it, it feels real. So I'm, I'm okay with yeah. that. I'm I don't know. Between. It's so weird to position that as something we're supposed to cheer on when the last Star Wars movie we had was the whole team saying, this is worth the cost of my life. Yeah. yeah. And every single main character dies. Yeah. And that one saying, this is worth the cost of my life. And we as an audience go, you're right. It was, but wow, what a price you've paid. In the last Jedi, we say, no, nobody needs to pay that price. There's another way to beat him. Well, that feels weird. To have those back to back. I think, yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of what's happening here is actually they probably couldn't beat them on this planet. And that's why we retreat. And yeah, the absolutely. message gets a little mixed. The wires get a little crossed. Which is fine if the message is we've got to make sure it's a fight we can win. Because that's the same message as Rogue One. That's always the message of Star Wars. Yeah. We're underdogs. But man, if we can make sure that we we make them meet us on our terms. If we can we're win, win this one. Yeah. yeah. So we got a lot of stuff to burn through real quick here at the end. Sure. So I'd like to... Quickly, but deliberately sprint. Luke shows up. He's a force projection who can somehow touch things and hold dice that are now important for some reason. Those reference to Han. Yeah. Those dice felt like Gamora's knife. Yeah. This is something I've always had with me and I use every day, but you've never seen me do it because I always do it off camera. He took it off the Falcon. We saw him take it off the Falcon, right? Right. But we've never seen the Falcon, them on the Falcon. Like we never called attention to them before now. Gotcha. But Leia can hold them, but they're a force projection. I think the- Are they or are they real? They just just fade away. Yeah. Do you think their look at each other though is like- She knows he's not there? Yeah. Could be. 
Yeah, because I think, I think it. I think I think she knows because when we also get he he's not leaving footprints. Yeah, yeah, they which are is cool. intentionally showing that. Which and I cool. love I love that being part of Leia's force sensitivity. Like we see that in Empire, even of them like cutting back and forth between her and Luke. It's the exact same effect of cutting back and forth between her and Kylo earlier in this movie. Yeah. yeah. So I'm fine with her like being able to tell in the force that he's not there. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, what I have issue with here is if we're gonna kill Luke anyway, why not just have him actually show up and actually sacrifice himself so everybody can get away? Yeah question what's yeah. the point of the force projection being the thing that kills him well if, i mean because he would have probably actually got blown up by the if they shot bullets at him yeah i guess that's true yeah. maybe this way he knew he just i mean it's just a big distraction which it's not like we that's haven't fair. seen that in movies before but yeah completely fair yeah. didn't think about it like that good point so everybody takes the opportunity while luke is brushing dirt off of his shoulder and uh yelling at kylo I do have a problem with this though. Okay. Um, if Kylo is strong enough with the force to trick Snoke, yep. why is he less apt to know that that is a projection, projection. projection than is it Leia? Just he's so mad. He didn't touch him. It could be. I yeah. know he didn't touch him, that, but that, but that's what I'm saying. If we're oh, saying because Leia, Leia because they like touched, she touched him, him, she was like, Oh, you're not here. Okay. Okay. okay Maybe okay. Kylo didn't touch. Him. I feel that. And then you're right too. It could be that he's just so like when you see red, yeah. You have one thing in mind and you're not paying attention to others. And there's a lot and of that's, on crate. Clearly they make point to let us know that's his fault. Hey, yeah. when Kylo ignites his lightsaber here on crate, it's the coolest anybody has ever looked in the whole He's world. So great. Just the way he walks. You're, that downward ignition you were talking about is in full force here. Yeah, Just, I can't think <laughs> of, I, there's not anyone that stands out as more because Kylo's kind of a flamboyant character in terms uh-huh. of being active. There's not as anybody that stands out as more as fully acting yeah. than Adam Driver. Right. Every bit of this human being is this character. Yeah, agreed. If that makes sense. Absolutely. The way he walks yeah. all the time. Fully that he looks like he walks as if he is completely tense and in pain. Like he's always yeah. tortured or something. So I have one more little nitpick for this movie before we wrap up. And I don't know if you guys are going to say it's crazy or agree. I'm it's interested. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. When Ray uh, pulls all the rocks away for everybody to get out of the cave, there's two things that aren't happening here that Com- like almost completely ruin this scene and make it worthless to me. Nobody seems to be like, well, you got strong. Everybody's just like, yeah, that makes sense. And then also there is no strain on her face whatsoever. Like she's yeah. smiling as all the rocks come away. And I, I feel like it would be more effective to me if she was like, if they're running out while all these rocks are held up and she's straining and screaming. You think those, you think those are pretty heavy? I would assume so. Those rocks are probably pretty heavy. Yeah. <laughs> think they're probably probably heavy as like an x-wing maybe mm-hmm. that the former grandmaster of the jedi order one of the most powerful force users to ever live had to strain to get out of the swamp uh-huh. so you think maybe like think maybe like should have been harder for her to that's what i'm saying rocks? Like, unless, that's weird unless, what I'm saying to we're you. supposed to know i mean we don't get this character and yes there's so many factors we don't get this character until the very end of the saga of the skywalker yeah. saga well and she's a kenobi so, we need, so that's I why mean, we don't she, that's why a lot of not. that's the, that's why we don't like a lot of the snoke stuff is like this doesn't feel like the big bad like the last villain you're supposed to fight is supposed to be the big boss yeah end game thanos no one more intimidating than thanos exactly well why i i'm fine with our number one protagonist being way stronger than everybody else totally fine with it Totally fine with it. That she's way stronger than anyone we've seen before. I just Kylo want- just killed some dude that managed to stay alive for millennia for all we know. Like yeah. he can be the antithesis to how strong she is. Yeah. Maybe they are the That's two fine. 
ultimate good and evil, strongest beings. Well, in and that's the world. who Snoke says she is. Like as yep. your darkness rose, light rose to meet it, or whatever. Yeah. I just want to see some strain on her face with the rocks. I get that. And to see people go, whoa, because I know last time I saw you, you could not do this. I know she's good at it. One of the most empathetic moments I have is when Snoke is ripping her body apart, basically, and she's just screaming. Love that. Yeah. She's a great great actor. She should have done it here. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. So my immersion completely broke. That's what's so tough about the newer movies, too. When you have good actors, use them. Yeah. Well, it stands out when they're not doing things they're supposed to do. There's no excuse do. for yeah. this right. one like there was for the The mannequins others. of four, five, and six. Exactly. Yeah. Literally. Like, because mannequins were yeah. the best part. I think R2 and C-3PO do some of the best acting in the original and series. They're still here, by the way. They're in this movie. We haven't even talked about them. Yeah. they're super important. That's, what, that's, something I've, <laughs> that's something new for me that I've picked up about the Star Wars series and recording with you guys is that is too much. I have more of a problem with it now. They still don't bother me. I'm still fine with it. They don't. They're, not, they're not keeping me up at night. Try and guess but it's my like opinions. you are you are in a pool. Like it's a pool to be like, hey, man. Yeah, there, there's no reason for it. They don't do anything for the story because they're not filling that Rosencrantz and Guildenstern role, the Timon and Pumbaa role that they are right. when they're actually used correctly. Right. right. I don't love the crystal foxes for some reason. There's no reason for me. It's, it's a personal preference, but they just look like Pokemon. I think it's lazy creature design. When oh. <laughs> Finn immediately calls them crystal creatures as yeah. though crystal they're critters, like, by crystal the way. critters. When it's like, they should immediately like, wait, did the crystal, crit-? like, I, it feels so Narnia to There's me. There's some rough dialogue in this there is. too. Like the, the quote you used in the beginning, Carter, every word of what you just said is a lie. Yeah. Sucks. I think that's a bad line. I'm okay with it. It's weird to me. It's yeah. just like phrased weird. I don't know. There's that. And the, the, di- the dialogue is stilted and rough in several spots in this movie. Those cops will be here any minute. What movie is this? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That's funny. I get that. So we end. We end the movie with the rebels escaping on the Millennium Falcon. Kylo's mad. And Luke fades away. That's it. And Broom Boy. And Broom Boy. Broom Boy is inspired by the rebellion. I don't think he, he already had the force, right? You're not saying that the force woke up in him because of the rebellion, right? Uh, I mean, I wasn't, but we don't know that. I mean, I guess that's true. There's nothing about this that I have no idea. I have no idea who this kid is or if this ever comes back. This would be one thing. Uh, His dad is Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm down. This would be one (laughs) thing that I'm okay if we don't address, even though that's probably a big deal you should address to some people. I don't think I'm fine with not everybody having the force as long as you can, but it feels like they set that up a little bit and raise training of like the force isn't just for Jedi. It's everywhere. Yeah. Well, we get that in rogue one too. Yeah. Force sensitives who aren't using. Yeah, that's fine. And it's, it's fine. If the, the next one ends is like, we're reestablishing a new Jedi Academy and we have a list of force sensitive children across the galaxy that we're looking for. And like room boys on there. That's fine. It's like X-Men. Yeah, exactly. Cerebro. Star Wars Cerebro. Right. Actually, I would really love that. It's kind of cool. (laughs) Kind of awesome. So, Should we rate this movie? You know, I think we should for this one. Okay, well, in that case, here's the scientific cinema scale. It's the way that we here at Two Chunks and a Hunk have perfected the art of movie rating, and it is as follows. The best thing we can ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it. Buy Buy that poster. poster. After that, it's buy it, followed by rent it, then stream it. Then it's forget it. And last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. I'm going to go first. Yes. When I first saw this movie, I would have said, forget it. For the last two years, (laughs) I would have said, forget it. Upon rewatching, reigniting my Star Wars love, 
and trying to reappreciate, I'm landing on rent it. I think that in this movie, there are enough high points in Star Wars, in this movie alone, to justify the watch, especially if the gap is bridged adequately for nine to go very well. I think it's worth it. But there's enough holding it back to keep me from throwing this poster up on my wall. So I'm renting it. I have to look at this movie as being part of the Skywalker saga. Sure. And of the nine as a whole. So I do have to rent it. I think if this was something, if I only got to talk about how I feel about some direction taken, you you can't, it's impossible to look at it separately. You just can't do that. Um, It's a high rent it for me. It's just, it's definitely not a buy it, especially when I look at other parts of the series sure that i did buy it's not that um something that is both fortunate and unfortunate for star wars is how every new story can be semi-organic like it's so fueled by so much like uh, i'm starting to think peter jackson had it pretty like with the lord of the rings trilogy because he was just given exactly what he was supposed to do carte blanche go for it and it's interesting because liberties are defined differently with stuff like that. In Lord of the Rings, a liberty was because, well, this has nothing, this is not canon. Right. But now we've like, canon gets developed every day in Star Wars. Right. Not every day. That's not fair. That's not fair. A lot though. Weekly and with comics. Yeah. 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 So it's just like, man, it is tough. It's tough to make a Star Wars movie, but I'm not playing sympathy and buying it. I'm like, it's a rent. Like this is not, hopefully there's a way to show its worth at some point does good character building. Like I said, like that's one of the things that I liked about it. There's nothing I hate about it, but it's a rent. It's a high rent for me. Yeah. So I own this movie. I bought it the day that it came out. And that is because I'm a sucker for complete sets of things. Sure. (laughs) Uh, This movie is going to be a forget it for me. um, Because my opinion, when I first watched it was a God hath forsaken us. I was like, this is the worst Star Wars. This is a mm-hmm. cinematic disaster. I was very much in that super, super hardcore side of the camp. But yeah. like, as I watch it, it is objectively no worse than Attack of the Clones. It reminds me of nothing so much as Attack of the Clones. It's just the the way that our stories all over the place. And there's some cool stuff, but ultimately not enough. That's a good point. To stitch it together into something that's cohesive. Yeah. Uh, and and more than angry, it's now left me in a place of apathy towards the Star Wars franchise, this, the, the theatric versions. I'm all in on Mandalorian. I'm all in on Clone Wars, Rebels, all that stuff. All in on Jedi Fallen Order right now, playing that and loving it. But like the, the theatrically released movies, I just, the feeling going into Endgame was one of like, I have been waiting my whole life for this. Right. And I hadn't. It'd been 10 years. So why don't I feel that with the rise of Skywalker? Yeah. Why don't I feel like I've been waiting my whole life for this? Because this is the one event in my life, the one movie that I could theoretically have been waiting my whole life for. Right. Yeah. Like why, why, why don't I care? Yeah. What happens next? You know? Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. There's definitely a vibe that you get from it. People knew it was different as soon as they saw it. So it is interesting with the Star Wars universe too. You talk about in comparison, like the cinematic universe of Star Wars. Is it spicy to say that's not the best part of Star Wars? Is everything around Star Wars and these movies? I've said it a couple times in the series. Star Wars, I think, works better on TV now because the expectations for movies are so yeah. high. Yeah. yeah, That's why Marvel moved to TV. Like, that's why we're we're getting all the Disney Plus stuff 
And that's where we're continuing our characters and our movies are going to be a little yeah. more experimental with things like the Eternals and uh, the other like different spinoff stuff that that's not really yeah. our same core Earth heroes. The stakes are just lower when it's long form storytelling. Yeah. And you got to pull it off. You got to do a good job. Otherwise you get Game of Thrones and yeah. people are like, I want nothing to do with that anymore. Right. Yeah. Like, it's so funny. And this metaphor could get cut because I have, this is the first shot at it, right? It just came organically. But it's like, if someone gifted me with one of the original, like, drawings of, like, a Model T, like, this is when people first had the idea for a car. Like, wow, man, I really appreciate it. I can't believe that. I'll frame it and tell everybody about it. But then if someone just got me a Land Rover for Christmas, I really love, like, that does more for my life. Right. Yeah. And it is better produced than this, which is really meaningful, but that's what the, that's what Star Wars, the movies feel like to me now. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, it's this thing that's like, look at what we did. Like George Lucas has to get the most praise of anybody from this, even though there was mistakes, but oh my God, what did he create? Like, wow. Out of nothing. Yeah. But going through the movies again, it's like, this makes me want to, this makes me uh, excited for Mandalorian. This makes me want to go watch Rebels again. Yeah. This makes me want to read Star Wars books. You know, it's like, yeah. it's so interesting. Yeah. And at least there's... Maybe we should be thankful that there's outside stuff to look to and enjoy as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So make sure if you like this or hate it, check out <laughs> next week's episode where we'll be talking about Solo, a Star Wars story. A movie I've never seen. Very, this me. is very unique yeah. for this series. You're the only one that has yeah. seen this movie. So yeah, that'll be interesting. And very I don't like it. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Well, there we go. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So maybe you don't have to listen next yeah. week. You just, <laughs> just skip it. But I've only seen it once. So, <laughs> so we're going to be talking about that next week. It's going to be great. Make sure you check out Story Shaped Life. They're doing some cool stuff that we got to be a small part of, and we're very thankful for that. Um, make sure you're listening to Christmas music and eating cookies and looking at lights because it only comes to the this part of the show of where year. Jordan gives you advice now before we end. <laughs> um, if you're not getting enough, like, protein you should probably start doing that probably it helps start getting enough full for a little yeah. while longer. yeah it keeps your snackages down uh other than that this week to end things i'd love for us each to come up say our name and to say something worse that finn and rose could have done than go to canto bite for two chunks and a hunk I'm Jordan Wonders, and I think it would have been worse if Finn and Rose had, in their ship, just swung through like a space drive through Grabbed a couple of uh, space nuggets, some french fries, a milkshake, headed on their way, just doubled back, come back and been like, oh, what's up, guys? Love it. <laughs> I'm Doge, and I wish that Maz Kanata had told him that they said be going to the planet core. Oh. And they oh, yeah. had to go to a big planet of Gungans again. And we just got a bunch of more Jar Jar. <laughs> that would have been, that would have been worse. It would have felt more like Star Wars to me. <laughs> to me, what's worse. And what's unique about Star Wars is there's not a hey, lot of, who are you? Oh, I'm Carter. Uh, what's unique about Star Wars is there's not a lot of product placement because it's kind of unrealistic to do there. So I think if they were to fly to Orlando yeah. and go to Disney and go to Batu and walk around and be like, wait, that's me. Oh my God, that's me. And it turns into just this an advertisement. It's the Ray for thing. Batu. Which is like, it's me, it's me, it's me, it's me. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All the way down. Yeah. But they're at current day Orlando, Florida. That would have been. That's the egregious. crossover Disney's not brave enough to give us. I yeah. Think. That's what nobody talks about is that the worst thing any movie could have done is go to Orlando, Florida. Well, see you next week. <laughs>
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.